Welcome to Spirited Word. By God's Word proclaimed, the Holy Spirit works faith in God's grace in Jesus, when and where He pleases. Sermons by Pastor Adrian Kitson, Lutheran Church of Australia. God's Word today is written in the 19th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke, beginning at verse 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany, at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the ground. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment to ponder Palm Sunday again and ponder where we're standing. What crowd are we in? Which crowd is our home crowd? There's a few to choose from today. So bless us as we hear your voice, Spirit of God, come here and fall upon us, rest upon us and speak to each person here, uh, whatever it is that's on your mind for our journey together in Jesus today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, I'm thinking about that crowd on Palm Sunday and every time I come across Palm Sunday... I remember walking from the Mount of Olives and the Seven Arches Hotel and down the Kidron Valley and up towards the western gate of the old city of Jerusalem. Did that a number of times on a trip there a long time ago now. And we were there at one point for the Feast of Booths. So the, part, the Jewish people actually bring palm branches in and they actually process and walk up the hill and into the what's left of Herod's Temple, of course, the western wall, the holiest place in Judaism today. So whenever I think of Palm Sunday, it's alive because I was there and I can't get that amazing picture out of my head. Amazing. So I'm thinking about that today as we do on Palm Sunday. As I was wondering about that, I was thinking, actually, I've been involved uh, in one way or another in two large, fairly significant crowds in the last two weeks. One was online or digitally watching, viewing, and one was in person. One was Shane Warne's MCG celebration, watching that, pondering what on earth was going on there. And one was at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre, 
for the last ever live concert of a group I would call conscience prickers and thinking shapers of half a generation or more, uh, Midnight Oil. So hold that thought. We've got three crowds today. Jerusalem crowd, Shane Warne crowd and Midnight Oil crowd. Outside Jerusalem the crowd gathered as we know and the one who has fairly clearly by what he's done and said is saying, I'm the king, I'm the new king, the promised king. He travels right into the crowd. The palms wave and the coats are laid as we know and Dagmar read it well, Hosanna! God save us, God has saved us, God will save us, God save us now, Hosanna. The old song reserved for a victorious king returning, returns. From David to Solomon, hmm, to this man on a donkey. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Well, no palms waved in the now newly named Great Southern Stand, the Shane Warne Stand at Warney's celebration. No coats laid on the MCG hallowed turf, as it's often called. But endless praise of the man, they now call what? King. Warney must have ticked a lot of boxes for a lot of people in this country to have a celebration like that with those present. Larrikin, winner, father, mate who shared his huge wealth through great parties, had relationships with beautiful women, hung out with the rich and the famous and the musically gifted, treated his friends very well, it seems. But I heard nothing about the God who gave him breath and the God who gave him life and this magnificent planet with all its resources and promised him everything. Midnight oil, different crowd, I've got to say. Washed up old hippies from the 70s, lots of green power, it was all good. Plenty of young people, mind you, and plenty of people not like that, everyday punters like me. Protest injustice, save everything and do it now. It's all on us and it's critical. Resist was the name of the show, final tour. Resist being controlled by the politicians, by the big money end of town and the media, the corrupt corporates who are planet destroyers and pain makers. Santos got a bit of a serve. Resist racism and ill treatment of our indigenous peoples. Don't let those nukes ever be used and watch where you store it, Kimber. Watch where you store it. Look after these fragile habitats. A lot of it resonates with me, friends. A lot of it resonates with me. Some doesn't. There's a needed impatience and urgency. There's an understanding of how things really are for people and planet. There's a call to take responsibility, for goodness sake, to do something good that is not easy to do for the sake of our grandchildren. So I resonate with some of that. But still... Not one acknowledgement of the God of all creation who gave us this magnificent place and gave us our very life. What a shame. So here comes the actual saviour to a human crowd in his own capital city. 
He's a human rabbi, a teacher, claiming to be the king, the new king. And we never even found out if he could bowl leg spin. Amazing. As they did for Midnight Oil and Warney, the crowd go wild and the songs return and they sing along. The three crowds contain different kinds of people, don't you think? Those resisting, taking responsibility, protesting. Those looking for the good life, fame, fortune, good teeth, nice hair, great clothes, all of that, good music. And those who just want something better to happen because life isn't too good. Oh, they're all there. So they all seem to be quite uh, happy to let the king come, even though he's a bit strange, riding on a, you know, I don't know, what would you call it? A scooter rather than a Harley, you know. What kind of king will he be, though? What kind of king will he be? I read, you know, that he's, Jesus is riding into a perfect storm of three winds. He's riding into a perfect storm. Storm number one. Roma, Rome. Roma Victoria. Victory of Rome. The glory of Rome. Rome is on the rise like Russia is trying to be and China is. Rome was once a democratic state, well, a more democratic place, 30 years before this day Jesus rides into the city of Jerusalem, the Roman Empire wasn't an empire, it was a republic ruled by a senate for the people. But on this crowded day, 30 years later, Rome is now just like China and North Korea and Russia. It's an authoritarian state with an emperor. And Julius Caesar... He made something happen, even though he himself didn't last long because he was assassinated. Uh, and that plunged the whole community into civil war for a while. Julius Caesar's adopted son Octavius, Octavian, he emerged the winner of this civil war and he took the name Augustus, which means majestic, worthy of honour. Not a bad name. Octavian made the story stick that his father, Julius, was actually a god. He was divine. In fact, all Caesars are now divine. A bit like Warney seems to be. Uh, so uh, Rome now has an emperor, not a senate. Augustus took the same title as did his successor, Tiberius. No senate for the people now, but a Caesar to control the people. And the title of great leader, which we sometimes hear said of another leader in the world, was in your face, literally every day present. Why? Because his image is on the coins with which you go to the shop and buy your bread from Linky's Bakery. It's his face on the coins. He's looking at you. Images to start art. Images are windows of the gods. Boy, there's going to be a storm. Jesus says, I'm the new king, the eternal, everlasting, creator, God king. But the city's already got a present divine king. It's going to hurt. Storm number two, Israel. Well, the nation under foreign military rule like Ukraine, 
well, almost, sort of, except they're fighting back. It's a high-pressure, overheated cyclone. That's what it's more like. The people know that they are the chosen ones and that they are heading somewhere. And despite many setbacks over many centuries, including the current one with brutal Romans ruling the place, they will ultimately get to the promised land and the better place. Why do they know that? Because Yahweh, the Lord, did it once. Now I'm thinking Exodus and Moses and Pharaoh and the gods and the plagues and the Red Sea. The struggle is on. Just like the Israelite slaves resisting Pharaoh and the gods of Egypt, we are resisting, we are searching, we are grabbing at anything we can. Sometimes we even take up arms, as in the Maccabees. There's going to be a clash of expectations. We want that kind of win, and you're riding a donkey. What's going on? And win number three, maybe we should call it a tornado. Who is it? Yahweh, the Lord. He's in the crowd, on the donkey, entering the city in a world that he created. And he is unpredictable. They can't control him. He is free. He has given them some hints over the journey about how he is going to achieve a new way of being human and a new way for the world. Hear this. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious. Yes! Lowly and riding on a donkey. On the colt, even. I will take away the chariots. I will take away the war horses. And I will break the battle bows. The Lord your God will save his people on that day. Like what? Like a North Korean despotic ruler or a Chinese despotic ruler or a Russian despotic ruler? Or some power-hungry politician? As a shepherd saves his flock. That's the kind of king he is. So God is present and he's on the move among the people, among the crowd but not as they want, probably, or they could even believe possible. He will transform his world without chariots, without war horses, and without weapons, military weapons. He will not be a Roman Caesar. He will not. And there's the clash. He will not operate like a dictator, but a shepherd tending his sheep. So this king comes on his terms to the crowd, to our crowds, to this crowd, and he enters his city in ordinariness and without a revolutionary cause or beautiful clothes or a light show and a band. The crowd that wants a hero-winning revolutionary king will be the city that is actually transformed by a king who is none of these. This crowd, Warney's crowd, Midnight Oil's crowd and this crowd, we are transformed by this suffering king who gives his all 
for pure love of his people and his planet. And in just over a month, 50 or so days after this day, in this very same city, a lot of the very same people will be overwhelmed by the coming of the risen Jesus and his spirit that will begin the revolution of revolutions. Day of Pentecost. So I would prefer, I think, to be right here with you than at a midnight oil concert or at the MCG watching the footy or the Adelaide Oval or the Entertainment Centre or anywhere else because this is the biggest, bestest, longest, deepest, widest, everlastingest crowd there ever can be and there's millions of them around the world. It's called the One Holy Catholic Church, Christian Church. I mean, would Warney and the Oils and anybody else, would they lay down their lives for people who disagreed with them? Would they lay down their lives for people who didn't go along with their protest and their fame and fortune? Would we? Would I? Would they and us trust in these strange weapons of this strange king as if they could possibly change the world more than nukes? Or whatever weapons that are being used in Ukraine at the moment. What are his weapons, by the way? Forgiveness. Wow. Healing. Promises. Presence. Holy meal with ordinary bread and wine. Resurrection from death by water and word. So ordinary. The love of a friend. The service of a church to a community, imperfect though it be. The love of an enemy. Love in blue skies and grey. That's his weapons, he says, not chariots and horses and guns and politics and power. So the king keeps walking into the crowd and he keeps on heading into this perfect storm of Rome and Israel and an unpredictable free God who's on the move and he doesn't do it with any political spin which we're all going to get really sick of over the next few weeks, aren't we? The election's going to be called today, they reckon. No political spin, just the man of truth who is right there in front of you speaking to you in love and truth. No need for spin. No egocentric power, none. Sheer self-giving, suffering love in the wood and the blood. That'll be the thing that'll disarm not just mere despotic rulers in planet Earth, but powers, principalities, the evil one himself. So the city that he weeps over is the city he now enters to transform it into a community of forgiveness and love. That's our king. The people who reject him are the people he sings with on this day in order that they find deep acceptance in the love of God for them. That's our king. The palm-waving, coat-laying crowd he walks through who want him to be some sporting hero or party trick man or protest hero or revolutionary man for their cause, that's the crowd for whom he will lay down his life like they lay down their cloaks. So we don't need heroes like that. 
made in our own image. We just need him. That's our king. So friend, in this Holy Week, however you do it, I don't know what you do in Holy Week. Would you dare to open the Bible? Read the Gospel of Luke? Read the Passion account for yourself maybe? A bit every day? Get onto a podcast? Listen to an audio Bible? Listen to a podcast of some Christian person who's got some good things to say? I don't know. Go for a lot of walks and pray. (laughs) Do something. Go with this king on his donkey into the pain and the suffering. Go into him, into the storm with him. Let him into your storm, whatever it might be today. Turn away from the crowds of self-congratulation and winning and fighting and good times full of godless praise. Turn to face this God in this man in all of his suffering. It's hard to watch, I know. But this is how he wins the world. There's no other way. And this is how he wins you, to bring you back to the place in the greatest crowd the world doesn't want to hear about. The great crowd around the throne of the Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world. That's our crowd. In the name of Christ, Amen. And the peace of God, our Heavenly Father, keep you walking with him into the storms and into the joys this holy week. Amen. Thanks for listening. Pastor Adrian serves at St. Petri Lutheran Church, New York, Barossa Valley, South Australia. stpetri.org.au